Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host, Pierce, alongside my good pal Schmitty. Um, so we got two big firings today. The we're gonna start with the biggest one, obviously. Pierre McGuire got fired by the Ottawa Senators. Call that Pierre McFire. What do you think of <laughs> Pierre McFire? Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> He was Pierre I... McFired than Pierre McFired. All within a calendar year. Um I Genuinely, once again, I ask, what is it exactly do here? Uh, we don't know. Um, I genuinely don't know what impact he had on that organization. I genuinely think they looked at the payroll and they just said, okay, why are we still paying this guy at the end of the season? And they fired him because I genuinely don't – he was like an advisor or something. Like, I don't see what use he was bringing to the table at least. But going forward, I'm curious to see what network he might sign with because – you got to think he's probably going to go back to the media Sportsnet. in some capacity. Oh my God, Sportsnet. Go be with Chris Copper. Come on. Or you could go be with um, Sean McDonough on ESPN and be the most annoying broadcast ever. One. Go be with the TNT intermission show and be with Paul Bissonnette and Wayne Gretzky. That will go over. It's literally that picture of like Luka Doncic, like uh, Guy Fieri, Ellen DeGeneres, and they're like all standing <laughs> next to each other. It's like none of them should be in the same picture together. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely don't know what the Sens were doing there. And, uh, from the standings, it got them, you know, an extra five wins. So good for them. Um, you know anyways. what? Hey, they are better than the New York Islanders that just fired their head coach, Barry Trotz. Oh, wait, what do you mean mm-hmm. that the Islanders just missed out of the playoffs despite having COVID issues and playing their what their first 13 games on the road? What do you mean by that? I, it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's no way to put it. It's just like, why Why would they do that? Why? Why? They've never missed the playoffs from the trots until this year. And like you just mentioned, they had so many outliers in this season. And they still had a good second half. And they still made a push up until the end. They got, Vesna, they got Vesna quality goaltending from Sororkin. Like, they were, if there's more, like, obviously it's an 82 game season, but if there's more time, they might make the playoffs. 
Yeah, like Brock Nelson had 37 goals this year. Like, there's a lot of like quiet stories on that team this year. But um, I mean, I guess Lou wants his guy, and apparently Trotz isn't his guy anymore. So yeah, that's whatever. It's some teams like Babcock, who's gonna hide now. Some team's gonna sign Trotz, and it's gonna be the best thing they've done for their team. I don't know what team's gonna do it yet. Part of me kind of wants it to be Vegas, but um, we'll see. I. <laughs> This goes back to that uh, that joke everyone makes where the, the where it's when you win the Jack Adams you got about five years before you're out the door. Um, that holds case yet again with Barry Trotz, but don't worry, they won GM of the year twice, so Lou Lamorello is going to get him out of there with all those contracts he has locked up into their late thirties. Like, oh, the yeah, Islanders so are in a r- tough spot. This is from Jay Fresh. Um, Lee is signed until he's 35. Uh, Nelson is signed till he's 33. Paul Mary till he's 34. Peugeot till he's 33. Bailey till he's 34. Clutterbuck till he is 36. Sezikis till he is 36. Matt Martin till he's 35. Ross Johnson till he's 32. And Zach Parise till he is 38. That's, That's my okay. back to back GM of the year winner right there, folks. And notice how two names that are on there are Matt Barzell or Anthony Beauvillier. You know, the guys that are probably going to be on the right side of 30 when you extend them. But um, that's not my problem. Not my problem. Not running that hockey team. Not gonna, definitely, definitely not going to lose Barzell in two years when he wants to go play for a team that's going to play to his fucking skill set. Um, I digress, though. They got their new arena, so they'll be fine, right? Totally. Sorry, the Islanders make no sense to me. Like, you saw from so many young players this year too like a guy like Noah Dobson you think he's going to take that stride in a new, a new defensive system this year no that a defenseman and system like it, I don't know what system Trotz was running with the Islanders but I can't imagine their new coaching staff is going to run the same defensive system or a good one at that. exactly and I I don't know I feel like Trotz got the most out of that group and I don't know how you're going to get more out of him so we'll see I know that's the thing. I, it kind of reminds me this island, this year's Islanders team, kind of reminds me of the 2016-17 Tampa Bay Lightning, where everything that went wrong could have gone wrong. Yet they like almost made the playoffs. Like they were close in there. They they were battling. But I would have, I would, if I was Lula Morella, I would have done literally nothing, just kept them for next year and just run it back because they were. I think we mentioned this already. Like look at his track record. The first year he comes to the island. They're the worst defensive team in the NHL. He turns around to be the best defensive team in the NHL. They make it to the second round. And then the next two years during COVID, they were, I think in 2020, they were, they lost in game six. And then in 2021, lost in game seven. Like, what more do you want this, besides winning a cup, what more do you want this guy to do? Like, um, I, I don't understand it. I'm at a loss for words. Whatever team is going to pick him up is going to be a super lucky team. Um, like you brought up Vegas, I think Vegas would be a perfect place for him. Like, there, there's so many places where he could go to. Like Detroit, like there's a lot of places that have vacant uh, head really? spots, like Detroit, Philadelphia. You think of all of the defensemen he's helped develop over the years, whether that's in Nashville or Washington and the Islanders now. Like Nashville, you think about Shea Weber, Ryan Suter, like Ryan Ellis, like all these Roman Yossi, all these guys he's helped brought and brought along. And then you go to Washington, like Dmitry Orlov, John Carlson, and then you go to. So the Islanders, it's Adam Pellick, Ryan Pulock. Like, the list just goes on and on. Like, the track record speaks for himself. He's got a cup. He's got Jack Adams. Like, he's 
done everything. And that, that's kind of another thing. Like, does he want to coach anymore? Like, he's done everything that he, he possibly could have done. So it's going to be interesting. But whatever he wants to do, like, if he wants to go to a place, he's going to go there. Like, I, I saw Winnipeg, too, because he's, he's from Manitoba, I believe. So whatever team... Whatever team gets them, they're so lucky, and that's a huge take that Lou, mistake that Lou Lamarilla made. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And that, and we always talked about it. Like I don't like you mentioned. I don't think, and I think you and I both agree. I don't think Barry Trotz is going to be a guy that's going to want to be around for a rebuild. So I think the Blackhawks are out of that. No, the Blackhawks. Yeah, it would be it would be so ice, and I would not be mad if they hired him. But when you're thinking about it, if you want to tank for Connor Bedard, uh, hiring Barry Trotz is not going to help that because he's going to make you're going to make him better. But, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's a, it's a, if, if I'm Kyle Davidson, it's at least worth the phone call. You know, you never know. Oh yeah, for sure. But like we talked about it, like we didn't know what the coaching market was going to look like come this off season. That's a huge fish you just threw in the pond. Like, oh man, you, you want to talk about probably changing some teams off season plans just because Barry Trotz is on the market. Like you've mentioned a couple teams that I've never even thought of, like a Detroit or someone. Like if they want to really take that step, you go get Barry Trotz. You, go you get want Barry someone Trotz. to bring Simon Edvidson and Mort Sider along. There's your guy. Exactly. Man. And you want like overnight chain, day and night type chain. Mm-hmm. He gets into that organization. Like some, a team like a Detroit or a Philly, Desperately needs Dude, that. imagine freaking Barry Trotz making like Rasmus Ristolainen competent and then making Ivan Provan the actual elite defense when he's supposed to be. And Travis Sanheim, like, think about that. That is just like some weird way in the multiverse that just I don't want to have exist, <laughs> please. I don't need Philly to be good again. Like, let them suffer. <laughs> we need a friend down here. <laughs> but, um, I'm very, I'm very curious to see where Trotz goes because, like you said, he basically can sell his case to all 32. He holds all the cards, whatever the hell he wants to do, whether he wants to go a winner. Hell, I don't, I don't think he wants to go to rebuilder, but fuck, he could, if he wanted like, if he wants to go to Detroit, help be, be on their upswing, like go ahead. Or if he wants to retire, he's got his cups. He's got his Jack Adams. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. And I've also, I've read somewhere that he might be looking to go into like a management position too. So he might be looking to be an AGM somewhere. That could be interesting. But, um, like you, like like you said though, he'll have all the cards on the table for him. Like he's he can do whatever he wants, and he's got that right with his accolades and his resume. Yeah, um, I don't I don't think he's gonna take a job anytime soon. But I think once like it starts getting close to the draft, the Stanley Cup's awarded, we're probably gonna see we're gonna we're gonna see some buzz going around, kind of like uh, Mike Babcock like a few years back, like oh Buffalo's gonna meet with that match, Toronto's gonna meet with that man, they got him. Oh yeah, no, I definitely see that happening as well. Oh, I think the, I don't know if you have anything else more to add to that, but holy shit, I was not expecting that. Like, obviously, you're never gonna expect anything to come out of Lou Amarillo, but like, holy, what a quite quite the move. And did you see the quote where he was like, "Oh, I did not talk to the to the locker room at all. This was like, uh, it's not verbatim, but like, I basically made this move myself." And I wow. I, I read some stuff that maybe Trotz lost the room, but if you didn't even talk to the players before you made How that the move, fuck do you know if the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds like some Quinville Bowman type shit. You know what I mean? Like that's a power struggle, and that's so now that makes a little more sense why you're reading like that Trotz might want to go into management and stuff. I think he wants that. 
he wants control if he goes to it somewhere. So I would expect if he's going to go somewhere, he's going to go somewhere where a GM's not going to have like a Lululemon Morello type grasp on the organization. Because if that's the case, that's a power struggle. Like 100%, that's the reason. Uh, and that's the thing we're never going to know because it's fucking Lululemon Morello. <laughs> yeah, literally going to get thrown to fucking Alcatraz and you're never going to hear it again. Again. Like you gotta put him on Roby Doll Island and you're never gonna hear about it again. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So yeah, that's that's it on that front. Um I just wanna briefly touch before we get into the Stanley Cup playoffs, I just briefly want to touch on the Rockford Ice Hogs who won their first round series against the Texas Stars. Which it's weird, it's a best of three, so they won in two games. <laughs> and I think Arvid Soderblom stopped like sixty nine of seventy shots, so good for and this and I think the Ice Hogs only scored like three goals. So he was he was a star of that series. Again, just the, the oh, yeah. having those guys pl- play in like meaningful games, awesome, awesome. You just I just hope they continue it. That's really all I gotta say. Oh yeah, I think their series starts uh, Thursday. I want to say yeah, I think they play the Chicago Wolves. Oh baby, here we go, crosstown rival. Uh, I dude, I kind of want to go see a game. Honestly. Oh, you should. I, I I would if I could. Yeah, I just got to see what, like, the times are and stuff. But, um, like you said, it's huge for the kids. Like, they're getting meaningful games. Soderblom's look great, like you said. I mean, the fact that they've only let up one goal, I got to imagine their defensive effort's been solid, too. I haven't been able to catch any of the games, but... I haven't either. I, just... looks good. I think Lucas Reichel got his first playoff goal, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I know um, there's a lot to like right now, that's for sure. And with the when you're in the Calder Cup playoffs like that, just win, baby. That's all you got to do. So, on to Chicago, and I hope these, I hope they can keep that strong defensive game going because if you do, the goals will come probably. So, and or are going just to shut the door? Yeah, that too. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about it, but I think we might have talked about them potentially joining the team, but yeah, Nolan Allen and Colton Docker on the team. I don't, I don't think they played any games, but like they're on the, they're in the press box. They're seeing it all happen. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's pretty much it for that. I let's get on to the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's the thing <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked. The last time we did a podcast episode was last week, but right the day of the, the playoffs starts and we have not talked about it since. This is a very weird playoffs because you look at all the series pretty like all, all of them are tied pretty much like or close, but then you look at the results of the games. It's like lopsided one game, then lopsided the other. Like it's it's so weird. Like the the oh, two yeah. series, the two series that I expected like that uh, that I had the least interest in to me are like the most fun series to watch. Like Pittsburgh New York might be the best series for me. I don't know about you, but and also like Calgary Dallas has been good as well. Like. Everyone thinks that was going to be like a boring defensive series, and it kind of has been. But like, it's been entertaining to watch. I don't know. I want to want to hear what you think. Uh, in terms of like most exciting series, or just in general? Um, yeah, yeah, I guess both. Yeah, because I I think the New York Rangers Pittsburgh series is probably the most entertaining one. Um, it just seems like like you even look at the Toronto Tampa series, like that series is tied. But then you look at the games, like I think each game the team that's won has gone up to a three nothing lead. It's not like where it's like close and it's like one to one and they're going to overtime. Like there's only been two overtime games so far. Oh yeah, I I, I just think this has been a playoff of um, you're, it's either a playoff of trading blows, kind of like I like uh, Toronto 
Tampa and Minnesota St. Louis are really good examples of that, of like, like you said, just one game, the other team gets the best of them right out the shoot. Then the next game, the other team gets the right hand, upper hand. Like it's been back and forth, back and forth. And it's going to be really interesting to see who can just kind of step on the gas and get that second win in a row and get that extra bit of momentum. Because every time you think a team's going to build momentum, it just gets shattered. Like you would, you would have thought after Toronto came out in game three and they won five to two or five to three or whatever the score was against uh, Tampa. I think it was five to two when they won five to two and they played a very strong defensive effort in Tampa. You would think, okay, yeah, let's get some momentum and go, but Nope. What ends up happening? Tampa literally steps on their throat. They're up five, nothing before three goals. in Like the first 10 minutes of that. Yep. Just terrible. And like, Minnesota. Minnesota's another example. I thought they were going to step on St. Louis. They came out to a game three win on the road. St. Louis bounces right back. It's like a couple huge momentum goals in game four. And just like that, the series is tied. It's another series that I've been loving is Boston, Carolina. Boston has shown tremendous resiliency. I don't, regardless of who's in that for Carolina. Dude, game four, um, they should have lost because McAvoy wasn't even in the lineup. Or Lindholm. They yeah. didn't have either. Like, they, unbelievable. Their special team, like, obviously, it's, um, you can't keep going to the well and expecting, like, to have water every time for Carolina. Like, they keep taking penalties. You cannot keep doing that against this Boston power play. They have too much talent. They'll figure it out like they did in game four. But they finally put the right goalie in, in my opinion, in Swayman. And Swayman's making all the saves they need right now. And just like that, we got a tied series now. So, it's... It's been a fun playoff. I will definitely say that much. Yeah, like oh, yeah, the games, like like you said, yeah, the games might be blowouts, but um, man, there's some competitive hockey. Like I don't, I don't think the the box scores are doing some of these games as much justice. Stevie agrees. Um, you know, like there's a lot of games, like the St. Louis game, for example, yesterday was three to two for most of the game until two empty netters, and then it's five two. Like that's. That's three two game when you look at it in hindsight. In my I say with that Tampa really... Toronto game, I think it was game three. Like it was three two, and then freaking McKay have got two empty netters. Exactly, and like out of those scores, I feel like kind of dictate that. Besides Colorado, Colorado's just there's oh, if there's one series that has gone the way I think everyone thought it was going to go. Is Colorado yeah. is literally kicking Nashville up and down the ice. It is not okay. And they had to go to overtime one game because the goalie was actually good for one game. Yeah, and then they crack Connor Ingram because it's Colorado and they're stacked. Stevie agrees. She's had a devious look like this behind the shoulder. I love it. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I like you said, the New York series. That's another perfect example of a series that's just blow for blow. Oh my gosh! Like I, Shosturkin got yanked in Game Three. Like what the heck? They could have won that game. Oh my gosh! What a what a wild series, man. And the triple overtime game in game one. Dude, Louis Domingue came in halfway through the second overtime. And I forget what the quote was. And he had like a meal. He's like, well, it's not very good. And like he comes in and wins the game. Like what a legend. Legend shit right there. King shit. And like Casey DeSmith's out for the playoffs now. So that's mm-hmm. a thing. Um, there's just so many stories, man. Like, like every year we think, oh, yeah, this round one might not be that interesting. Nah, dude, it's round one of the playoffs. There's so much shit that we don't even it's think. We don't even to account for. Like, have you – um like, you mentioned Calgary-Dallas was a fun series. Like, the whole game of cat and mouse between, like, Kachuk and Klingberg and Ben of, like, the whole fighting thing. And, like, Kachuk and um, Klingberg have gone, like, three games in a row or something like that. Like Yeah. It's literally – John Klingberg is, like – Calgary Stinkelberg right now. Literally. <laughs> Stinkelberg. <laughs> Klingberg. 
Hey, listen, he's making his, he's making himself some unlike another person in that series, he's making himself some money in this series. Oh my god. Um, guess who else isn't showing up in the playoffs again? Oh, come on, little Johnny. You're gonna have to wake up if you want to get those fucking eight-figure contracts. <laughs> like uh, yikes. Not good for my boy Johnny over there or anyone you in want Calgary, it, You want to cheer from so bad. He's such a likable guy, but I, I I remember I was telling you the stat the other night. I forget what the exact thing was, but since 2017, I think it's something like this: like 360 players, like of the 360 players, uh, like five, like he ranks like I think sixth last in like five uh, five e five points for like 60 minutes, and like the only players that are ahead are ahead of him are defensemen. Like it's crazy. Jesus Christ! Like the I think it's the the most minutes. Like you know, like it's it's ridiculous. I forgot the exact quote, but like, either way, like he just does not show up in the playoffs. Another stat that's getting overlooked right now: Matthew Kachuk only six points in 18 games playoff games. Oh, dad, he really just can't. Like Calgary has just been offensively stifled by Jake Ottinger this series, and. It's. I don't think it's getting talked about enough. They've had three goals in three games. That's not good enough. That's not going to be good enough. Joe Pavelski's outscored you this series. Like, yeah, this yeah. Owning them again, just like in 2020 in the bubble. Dude, literally. And I, I remember we talked about this because I was like, okay, or I think uh, Jimmy or you mentioned it, that in the 2020 series, like Dallas had their number. And it's kind of looking like that again, just with a different goalie. And, like, obviously, there's a new regime running the, like, crowd. Like, obviously, you didn't have Jason Robertson and Rope Hintz leading the charge, like, three years ago. Times are changing, though, and they're looking very solid. Very solid. Um, there's a lot of these series that I really think can go either way. Another one that we even haven't even touched on is Washington Florida. I want to talk about that. <laughs> We could get into we could just we could just stick on this one for a second because holy crap, what happened to the, the best offense of NHL history, guys? You guys can't, can't solve Ilya Samsonov. Interesting. The stat okay. was they had not. That was the first time Florida had scored had been held to one goal since January. That's ridiculous. And there yeah, was something you don't like play the, with that. Kind of- Oh, no, I was just saying, when you don't play with that kind of adversity for that long, it, it does something to you. It did something to Tampa three years ago when they started losing. And, it, and let's be honest, Washington and Boston probably were the worst wildcard teams they had the potential of facing because those are teams that have been there, done that, have that veteran experience. Washington basically has their whole 2018 court showing there right now, minus like Brett Conley and Devontae Smith-Pelly. Brett Conley like, is in Rockford, but is unfortunately injured right now. Uh, ripping pepperoni, but, um, (laughs) but man, it just shows the veteran presence in that Washington locker room and that playoff experience really matters when it comes down to it at the end of the day. And it's kind of shown in a lot of these series right now, Toronto second, they get an upper hand. They don't know how to play with it. Tampa, no, basically they're playing with adversity the whole series. They look like they're fine. They were shot out of a cannon game for like, I watched the first 10 minutes like that was well. Boston is another one where they realized how important the game's like, yeah, game one and two, they probably could have played better. Well, game one, they probably should have won if they just got yeah. a couple passes. They just need a save, and they and, and now, they, now they're getting it. Yep, and, and Swayman's the man. So, um, and I, also one series, like, I, we're just like, keep, I feel like we just keep missing series, but like the one that's been actually super competitive is LA Edmonton. LA tied that series up last night with a shutout. Yeah. Man, that's another series, like you said, Pierce, where it's just like back and forth blowouts almost. 
since game one. Game one was extremely close where yeah. uh, Dano got the late game winner. Mm-hmm. But, man, game two and three, Edmonton just takes it to him. Yeah. Like, holy shit. I'm like, where has this Edmonton team been in the playoffs ever? Like, oh, my where God. Where is this, this against is Chicago in the bubble? <laughs> God, why didn't you do this against those scrums? Jesus Christ. But, like, this is why that Edmonton team gives me so many – gives us so many headaches, I feel like. It's just because they have the potential to do that every night. And we and saw it, too. Yeah. Twice. Twice the series. They did it in L.A., too. Like, mm, man. It's – uh. That's that one in the Toronto, like Toronto and Edmonton are kind of in that same mental psyche thing, like you always like to talk about. So I'm very curious to see how those game fives go tomorrow because man, there's gonna be pressure on both of them. We're gonna be watching that those both those games live tomorrow. Yes, sir. Because we're streaming because the draft lottery for whatever reason is on tomorrow on a Tuesday and the most like random day of the week. Not because it's just a Tuesday, but like it's Game five during like it's not even between rounds or like before the playoffs or anything. Like it's just like when the most competitive hockey is being played right now with the most games. It's like, oh, this is where you decide to put a draft lottery. But you know what? I I don't even know what to say. (laughs) Whatever. But um I'm excited. Like, I'm very excited to watch a lot of these game fives, like you said. Like all these series are extremely close right now. You gotta look like you got uh Minnesota's tied, Toronto's tied, Edmonton's tied, Boston's tied. I got to imagine a couple more in these series tonight are going to get tied up. I don't think there's going to be many that are three one. No, the uh, uh, like the only one series that's going to be over is Colorado Nashville tonight. Colorado sweeping them. <laughs> get the burns, if they don't. Geez. It's a failure. Like that Nashville team is not good. I am so sorry. Like without UC Saros, they are no. nothing. They they announced the vet, or I think they announced the Norris uh, Trophy candidates today, which was McCarr, Yossi, and Hemmen. Surprise, surprise. And I think I saw. Kevin Weeks tweet, tweet out that uh, the 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 the, the, the bleh, too much words. The Vesna nominees mm-hmm. tomorrow are going to be Saros, uh, Markstrom, and Shesterkin. Yeah, Saros should definitely be getting some votes on that list. That's not even a question. Like, holy crap, we have seen how important. Like, we knew how important Saros was to that team. Saros was the reason they made the playoffs last year. Like, he won this year forty-two. <laughs> yeah, but we're not going to get into that. Saros is actually the only reason David Poyle is not doing a rebuild right now. Like, that ass. And, like, God bless Matt Duchesne. He's trying out there. Like, he There's really – goals, man. He's not the problem. It's just – I know. I'm like, he's, he's trying, dude. It's just Colorado's too deep, man. Like, they come at you in waves. And it's – and like you said, it's like it's all, all on Colorado. The pressure's all on them this year. Like, teams like Toronto, Colorado, Edmonton, it's all on you this year. You are too fucking skilled to lose these series in round one. And I'm glad Colorado's the first team out of the bunch to like, realize sure. that and step on their throats. But their their test doesn't come in round one. Theirs comes in round two. Yeah. You gotta you gotta go toe-to-toe with the St. Louis or Minnesota and basically step on their throat. That series cannot go more than six, or you will lose. Um I I don't know. I just needed to go on that rant because I like a lot of these teams got something to prove and only one of them stepped up to the plate so far. And that's Colorado. And so. that's not even like their main challenge. Like their main challenge is the second round. Nope. And you want to talk about teams that are squandering right now, like Florida, you are proving everyone right right now. Oh, this is why no one's taking you seriously all year. Um, 
Carolina kind of proven my point that I've been trying to say, like you guys, can you get over that hump? Can you slay the dragon? Can you beat Boston or like beat that second echelon of team, which they have not been able to in the three years that they've been good or four years that they've been good. And now the series is tied going back to Carolina. I need to see something there. I need to see something there. Calgary tonight, I, down 2-1. I need to see something. You, you could not go down 3-1 home or back home down 3-1. You can't. Dallas will win that series in six. Not a doubt in my mind if they, if they win tonight. But, no, no, they don't come back if they lose tonight. They have to no. win. Florida, same same case. Like, I don't think if Washington goes, oh, I don't know, actually. Florida, you might act. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to say Washington can hang on to a 3-1 lead, but they're kind of like Toronto. They like blowing leads a lot too, so we'll see. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm i like all over the place right now with the playoffs, but it's just because all these series can go in so many different directions, I feel like. And it's all going to just depend on like one little thing. Like who is going to have that sound game five? That's just what I'm excited to see. And I love the NHL staggering out the games for the first week. And then I look at the schedule for today. Two 5 o'clock starts and then two 7.30 starts. Love it. Oh, they're so stupid. Oh, my God. They were kidding. They got it right. They've got – like, I've loved how they scheduled the first week. Even, like, on Saturday and Sunday, it was, like, spread out throughout the day where there was at least a game. Like, there was like at least one game on, like, for, like, every few hours, you know? Like, I liked how they do it. And now they're going back to this. I don't understand it. Yeah, it's just I they, they have no planning in this shit. I swear they don't plan this stuff. They just they just say, okay, well, we'll just do this here because that works. It's like, no, it doesn't work. You're not looking. You're not looking. You're not actually thinking about what's gonna happen. You want to get people to have their eyes on the product for the whole night? That's how you do it. But no, they're stupid. So what do I know? It's not like they want to make money. They're stupid, aren't they? It's not like they want to make money. It's not like they want more viewership. It's not like they want more engagement rates on their product or anything. God, what do I know? Um, anyways. <laughs> but what do I know? Yeah, but what do we know, Pierce? What do we know? I know what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Brad Marchand versus Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> You're racist. I can't, so- <laughs> I can't believe how much we hate Tony D'Angelo that Brad Marchand is the good guy in this. Hey, listen, I've always been a Brad Marchand truther. Oh, I love Brad finally coming around. This, the guy's great for the sport, and, and he he really should get talked about more, honestly. And he already gets talked about a lot, but like he's gonna be that he's gonna be the anti-hero of the fucking NHL. He's gonna be the venom. <laughs> he already licks. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> oh my god. Oh jeez. But um, yeah, it's like uh what do you want to call it? Like, well, D'Angelo's a shit bag, but I don't know what I call him. Rat versus shit bag. I don't know. Yeah. Like, the New York sewer battle royale. Except it's in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, that's, that's basically a, a perfect way. Like, Brad Marchand is the rat going through the sewage and shit, and that sewage and shit is Tony D'Angelo. Just think about that visual God. for a second. I hate Tony. Like I can't believe Tony D'Angelo is in the NHL, and he broke like the Carolina defenseman record in points this year. And like, ugh, of so course, stupid. you see Jack Edwards have like a fucking hissy fit over. Yeah, um, <laughs> Jack Edwards have a hissy fit. No way. No, where have I seen this before? But um, yeah, I'm sorry. That series wrote itself as soon as I saw it, and it's it's gotten better every single game. 
like the animosity from game two when they were just stomping Boston into game three where Boston gets that huge win to game four where they just get that giant momentum swing off the off the uh, bad challenge by Brenda Moore. Like, man, it that's is playoff hockey at its finest, like you said. And when you have those little rivalries like at D'Angelo Marchand, it just amplifies it so much more. Yeah, I want to. I just want to read this quote from Greg Wyshynski. So this is from Tony D'Angelo. It's so the context of this is Brad Marchand had an empty net, and Tony D'Angelo threw the stick at him while he was trying to shoot. He missed by like a mile, by the way, which is so funny. He missed the net by a mile. Yeah. <laughs> D'Angelo shoots and he misses the net. Throws a stick and he misses it by a mile. Um, so I, I think the rule is if you throw a stick at someone while they're at, well, they, well, they have an empty net, it's an automatic goal. So here's the quote. It's going to be a goal anyway, so it counts. I would rather knock off the puck just to dot, dot, dot. If it knocks off his stick, it's going to count as a goal anyway. So would you rather see it go in the net or go wide? It is what it is. It doesn't bother me that you can't do it. Hmm. I am not owned. I will continue to say that I'm not owned. <laughs> Don't put like, it in the papers that I'm mad. I am not God, owned. I can't stand that crybaby. I hope his Twitter page was going off last night. So you mean his really parlor like, page or whatever it was? Oh, fucking, what, yeah, his like parlor or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, yeah. that. Oh, God. God, I can't stand him. Because he needs to get the truth out there about how he's a piece of shit that can't play defense. Oh, man. Looks good on you. Go bees, bees and six. Jesus. I, I want to like Carolina so bad, but then there's a the Tony D'Angelo element, and I just can't. <laughs> I can't. It's literally like the guy from Austin Powers. It's the mole, and that's what Tony D'Angelo is to Carolina. Mole. It's mole. <laughs> like, no, but we have Sebastian Ajo. A mole. Sarah Biden. A mole. <laughs> <laughs> Take him the mole. <laughs> No, but our goaltending, mole, 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 <laughs> <laughs> mole, mole, guacamole. <laughs> uh, fucking, oh my God, yeah. This is not a Tony D'Angelo supported podcast. If you support Tony No, and never will be. Who, who does support Tony D'Angelo? Like, I saw this tweet. It says Where are that, my sunglasses? <laughs> <laughs> I saw this tweet that. Tony D'Angelo, like like most players in the NHL, probably share like the same like political views as Tony D'Angelo. It says a lot about them that like he, how big of a piece of a shit of a human that he is that other people can't deal with him. Like his own teammate punched him. Like that's how giant of a piece of shit he is. Like it's one thing to have values like that. It's another thing to be as adamantly open and just a openly obnoxious douchebag about it. And it's just like, like you said, like if your own teammates punching you in the face, I don't know, man. Maybe, Maybe you're a piece a of douche. shit. Yeah. Maybe you're a piece of shit. Who knows? What's the thing from South Park? Turd South oh, but he's with the Uwus now in Carolina. So don't worry. He's got his Uwu family in the fucking redneck Foxfestville, North Carolina. God. So basically, Brad Marchand and Tony D'Angelo, giant turd versus giant douche versus turd sandwich. <laughs> you know, usually I go for the giant douche, but this year I'm feeling turds. I'm sorry, I was not expecting that. <laughs> oh, what a great episode of South Park! If any of the listeners haven't seen it, <laughs> no, it's, uh, 
<laughs> and then there's like the the where Stan won't vote, and then there's like I think it was R. Kelly pulling up, or or no, was it P. Diddy like pulling up, and they like make sense. Oh my god, love it. Anyways. <laughs> I think, we, I think we touched on basically everything. I think you got to go soon because you got class. And the there's only like 20 minutes. So like the the, 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 the first two games start because they both start at freaking five o'clock. <laughs> about to go watch the Washington Capitals go up 3-1 on the Florida Panthers. And Louis Domingue rob at no, the Rangers of another win. Louis Domingue better than Shesterk in my column. Yeah, I was going to say, let's make game predictions tonight. Uh, brooms, obviously, for Colorado. Yeah, right? let's get the easy one out of the way. Yeah, Brooms is happening in that game. Yeah. Um, I think Florida's going to whip it out of their ass and tie this series up. Yeah, I think, I they, think they do, too. They, come on, they they got to win. They can't fall down 3-1. God, you, if you get smoked again, that series is over. Like, I'm sorry. You can't. No, part of me is like that would be so cool to Washington to be like the like the Montreal of 2010. You know, like they there's so many times where Washington got beat by the underdog. It'd be nice to see them be the underdog and beat like the. Yeah. the hey, the, they beat the Bruins in 2012. All right, <laughs> they've had their moments. True, that is true. Um, yeah, I think Florida wins. Uh, New York Pittsburgh. I I hope New York wins because I love that. That's probably been my favorite series. I just want to see more of it. And you know what? I'm done picking against Calgary. Dallas wins tonight. Okay, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm going New York also, just because of the goaltending. I think Shesterkin's not happy again, and then um, I gotta ride Calgary one more game, man. If they go down three one, that's gonna be it for me. And I picked them to win the fucking cup, and they're letting me down again. I'm never picking these idiots ever again if they I'm lose. I'm pretty sure them. I chose Calgary, Florida, and both of them are trailing right now. <laughs> oh, God, I have Calgary, Tampa. Like, come on, I need mean, like four matchup. It's not. It's bad too, because like Dallas is fun to watch and all, but like, uh, if we're gonna get robbed of Calgary, if we're gonna get robbed of the Battle of Alberta again, I'm going to be so frustrated. Oh my goodness! And then Colorado's just gonna get smoked by Minnesota the next round with Mark Andre Fleury. Hell yeah! We get that first round pick, boy. Add it, to, add it to our another first round pick when we went first overall yet tomorrow, which you can get watch Shane Wright. Watch with us watch a leafs oilers and lottery with the penguins cast you might even call that a lol an lol Uh haha laugh at that please laugh anyways clap please leave a five-star rating thank you (laughs) yes (laughs) do that as well all right i don't know if you have anything else to add or we can end this off and uh you go on with our lives Nope, that's all I gotta say. Rip off the band-aid with the um with the lottery quick tomorrow, please. Yep. <laughs> Don't drag that process out. <laughs> Alrighty, thanks for tuning in and uh yeah, peace out.